listening to cbjradio.com yet the 2021 international singer songwriters association radio station of the year it's a free internet radio station brand new shows every day that include all rock shows all hip-hop shows an 80s show a grunge rock show and there's also a friday night request show and don't forget about retro saturday nights Make CBJRadio.com the only internet radio station you listen to. Hello, friends. How are you doing? I took a week off uh, from podcasting. Uh, I got real busy at my job. I had a DJ gig that took a lot of time in my world. And uh, so I didn't do a podcast. But I'm back at it. And uh, my life's doing pretty good. I can't complain about it right now. I'm the only one in control of it, so who do I complain to? Myself? I see a lot of social media posts about the withdrawal from Afghanistan, and these people are really mad and sad about the 13 military personnel who died in the line of duty. I respect and I thank them for their voluntary service to this country. I want to know, where is the outrage and sadness about the over six? 100,000 Americans that have died from COVID-19 so far. Real patriots would care. Real patriots would want to save American lives, not bitch about having to wear a mask or show their vaccine card or get a vaccine. Wait, wait, okay, okay. Please don't shut off the podcast now because, well, we have a great guest. Today's guest is Tori Mel. And one of the few things I love about Facebook is you're able to keep up with people from your past. And he shines a light on some very blurry college years for me. Tori was a broadcasting major at the University of Wyoming, a major that is no longer available, which is quite weird being in the era of podcasts and YouTube and making videos left and right. I'm surprised uh, there isn't a broadcasting class. Now, as you'll find out, Tori took his broadcasting skills into the world of Hollywood production, and things took off from there. Let's get to the interview. I am born and raised in Hollywood, California. A lot of people say they're you know from Los Angeles and then they're from some like weird city that isn't Los Angeles, but I'm actually born and raised in Hollywood. So uh, your parents native Hollywoodians? No, my both my parents are uh, born and raised in New York City. I'm not really raised. My mom moved out to uh, her family moved her when she was two uh, to Los Angeles, and then my dad moved out when he was 18. Whereabouts in New York did he live? My dad was Lower East Side of Manhattan. Uh, he was a, you know, scrappy <laughs> New Yorker guy that you, you know, see in the movies. And then my mom was like an upper middle class, you know, they're opposite type people. So my dad's from working class and my mom's, you know, hoity toity. <laughs> Love that word. Uh, yeah, I lived in Long Island for a couple of years. So I'm really, from- oh, after school. Uh, yeah. After I graduated, um, I got a job at the cable news station. That's bitching. Yeah. I'd worked at a summer camp out there, so I'd made connections, so I wasn't scared of the place. Yeah. But yeah, News 12, Long Island for a couple of years. And awesome. 
Got I got to tell you, you like the last time I saw you was, you know, like either a week ago or 20 something years ago. And you look totally different. You look amazing, dude. Yeah. Like, well, there were some things that happened between, I mean, I was becoming a large individual in the nineties. Yeah. And, you were, you were gigantic in school. Yeah. And, uh, I got diabetes type two. Congratulations. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Little did I know that it was like in the family genetics and wow. my mom had, had it the prior year, kind of the same way I got it. And uh, my uncle had it. And, and now my dad has it. Jesus Christ. It's weird. Luckily, it was type one, which yeah. no offense to type one, but they're constantly checking their blood sugars and injecting. And there's easier ways to do it these days. But um, yeah, I check mine about twice a day. And so that forced like a huge weight loss. And so uh, that's locked in like total genetics. There's no um, yeah. amount of weight loss that could change no. it. Or no. I think I, one, a friend I went to that I grew up kind of with, he has, I think he has type one and he's like a fit, skinny like yeah. just dude. And he has the little thing in him that he'd also like monitor every five seconds. And yeah, I knew, wow. I knew a couple people that got it after like a severe um, sickness, like flu or something. And it triggered something in their body and wow. they got adult onset, which is type one. Um, and that's most people are born with that, but they're finding yeah. lately that there's, it triggers something in your body. That's we, crazy. We have a terrible like diet as Americans. Oh and, yeah. I tell you what, I, I, I know we have a terrible diet. I am well aware of it because I enjoy it so much. And I, right before the pandemic, uh, December of 2019, yeah. um, a couple of friends and I went to, uh, Paris, France, cause we're fucking French people. We're not fucking French people, but we are. Can I swear on your show? Do you care? Okay. Good. Cause I have a potty mouth, which you should remember. Um, but I, I distinctly remember, cause I hadn't been there for, you know, 10, 11 years. Yeah. And I remember, cause now I'm 47 and I was like, the food here is so clean and so oh. good. It's like, and it's fresh and it didn't matter where I ate and what I ate. It just tasted so different than the food we have here. And I was just like, fuck man. Like they don't have diabetes in, <laughs> in, no. in Europe. <laughs> Not as much as we do. It's a it's no. epidemic. It's interesting that. And then speaking of the pandemic right before I was really kind of, I don't know if I didn't see the right on the wall, but I was starting to work on my immune system. I started drinking more protein shakes. Uh, everyone else kind of boozed up and ate food. And I didn't, in the time I was home, um, I kept like healthier snacks in the house. For sure. And, That's great. Uh, yeah. And then I came out the other end and people are like, wow, what happened to you? And I'm like, I kind of went diabetes. the opposite. Yeah, diabetes. <laughs> and I was like, I kind of went the opposite way of what a lot of people and then like towards like january i was like now nah, i'm gonna get drunk like it's yeah, yeah yeah of course so i was all like without the diabetes i last september september almost a year ago i was 257 pounds Ooh. so on my little five foot ten i was like justin uh you know via 1999 you know yeah. circa 1999 <laughs> so i was a i was a big boy i you know i wore it well because i'm a stocky human being but i had a big fucking gut and i don't drink at all so it's literally just food and um a friend made a bet with me that he's that i couldn't lose 30 pounds in a month and i was like okay cool i have time to kill yes. so i lost the 30 pounds and then he made a, me another one for another 30 pounds so over the course of like four months or five months i went from 257 and i went all the way down to 188 wow and then i looked and that was in a real fast time so i looked super sickly like all my muscle yeah. went away and it was yeah. it was gross and so now I've kind of been eating and working out and stuff. So I'm at like 215 now, 
but I'm going to try and healthily cut down to get under 200 if I can, just I feel better because I've been eating shit and I exercise every day, but like when I eat better, I feel better. And I know that now, which you can hear people say that. And they're like, if you eat better, you'll feel better. And you're like, nah, go fuck yourself. I think you're wrong. That's why it, it's real. I ruled out like after drinking, everybody's like, let's eat. And I'm like, no, because we're going to eat crap. And tomorrow I'm going to pay the price. And yes. I'd rather just not, I'd rather just be hungry. Totally. I'd like, there were times where I'd like, an, okay, I'll have a salad. And everybody like gave me shit. And I was like, you guys are all going to be hurting the next day. I'm For just, sure. And you'll feel good. I'll feel good. And- yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, I went, when I was in the middle of my diet, I was eating, I started off eating 15, less than 1500 calories a day. And then to do my like final push, I was basically at like 500 calories a day. And I'd have, I live in Hawaii now. I'm still back and forth between Hawaii and LA, but I'd have friends come visit and they want to go eat. So I take them, but then I just sit there like an asshole drinking water because I don't want to eat too many calories, but they feel like shit the next day. And I'm like, Hey, let's go do something fun. (laughs) Yeah. It pays off. It's, it's definitely things I wish I knew in my twenties. I started sure later in life but and now and now it was just like preventative maintenance i was like i see a lot of people struggling and having to have surgeries and stuff and i was like if i can prevent any of that you win yeah so is it so are you like all is it all in check and you got everything under control yeah yeah um and there's definitely times that, well i mean i'm like christmas comes around and there's so much candy around i'm like just <laughs> figure just this piece, out. bro just one yeah. piece <laughs> once yeah it's not I can't have a cookie. I just can't eat a sleeve of cookies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally, totally. I, I, so I don't know if you've watched the show Physical on Apple uh, Plus or Apple TV. It's so fucking good. But like during this whole journey, because I did it so poorly, I gave myself a full-blown eating disorder and I identify it, self-identify because I watched this show who it's about a fitness chick who has a full-blown eating disorder and Uh. she eats right all the time. And then she'll be like, fuck it, I'll just have one hamburger. And that one hamburger becomes like three cheeseburgers with like French fries. You're like, I'm only going to do it once. And I do the same thing all the time. Like I'll be like eating right for like a week or two or something. And then I'm like, all right, I'm just going to, yeah, I'm just going to try like one chicken nugget from McDonald's because they're delicious. And then it's like a 20 piece with a Big Mac. <laughs> you know? There are cheat days. I mean, yeah. I see my, all, all the athletes on, on social media. And also I, that, I do believe when you cheat those cheat days, if you're eating good for so long, that pushes out a lot of stuff. Totally. It clears you out. It, well, it, so, you know, what happens is, and this is what the tricky, weird part is, is that you can eat right for however long. And the one day you decide to just eat whatever the fuck, you'll feel weird the next day, but you're like, everything will be like sucked in and you'll feel better because your body is wanting nonsense and we're not properly getting it from other things, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's rewind back. Growing up California. Yes. Yes. Uh, your, your parents met in LA. Yeah, no. Yes. They met in LA at a poker game, I believe. And my dad was playing and it was at someone's house and he met my mom. Uh, yeah. And this is like a million years ago. So my mom, when we were, uh, when she moved to LA, she was two and they had the option of, uh, you know, building in Beverly Hills or Hollywood. And at the time, Hollywood in like the forties was like the hot hit happening. Like it wasn't Beverly Hills. It was all Hollywood. So our house or my mom's house was, you know, built in Hollywood. And that's where I grew up. Ah, okay. So, you know, I'm an actual Hollywood kid, <laughs> which might be the only one to ever, you know, grace the halls of the university of Wyoming. Yes. Yeah. I bet. Like I, I'm, yeah, I'm probably super rare. I, I'm one of my teachers, uh, William Missouri Downs, Bill oh, yeah. Downs. 
he he was a writer in LA and wrote yeah. for a bunch of like TV shows in the early 90s, I think. Yeah, like My Two Dads and stuff. Yeah, yeah My Two Dads. Yeah. I had him too. So yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. He broke my head. Them together? I don't know. He broke my head as far as like movies and sitcoms and stuff. I can't watch it. Sometimes I just have shot my head, my critical thinking mind, because I was like, this has all be done before. This is totally. just crap. You know, I just, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> thanks for enlightening me on that. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, he's good. I didn't screenwriter. Yeah, he's a good instructor. He's great. Yeah. And a playwright also. So yeah, yeah. So, you know, born and raised California. Parents met in California, uh, even though they're both from New York. Um, and uh, and then in uh, 1974, this beautiful, young, bald guy is, uh, was born bald and I'm ending bald. So it's, it's fantastic. I lost that genetic, uh, you know, game. <laughs> I, everyone says it comes from like your mom's dad or all this stuff. And I was like, oh, both my grandfathers were bald. So by the time I knew him, I was like, it's a done game. But you still got that beautiful hair. All, I think I, I think everyone in my family had hair. So my dad didn't have hair. But oh. I think his his father had hair, so I don't know, I don't know where it came from. Yeah, you know? my dad has like a sweet cloth of hair for. Oh, I would I would kill for yeah. it. I I would trade all the hair on my back for the hair on my. Head. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> things I ask like as you get older, like why does it have to go from here and pop out here and here and your nose? It's crazy. I, I was like, I was lucky the genetics I got from my mom. She never had to shave her legs. I am virtually the opposite of you. Like I'm not a hairy individual. Like yeah. I was, I remember like playing basketball against him growing up and going, okay, that's my future. All that okay. hair and none, not really. I am. I'm hair. a filthy Wookiee of a human being. Yeah. Like my arms are luckily it's blonde. So I don't really, yeah. it's not yeah. as crazy gross, but it's you a bum out. So, my yeah. wife, is, my wife is lucky enough to get to a, you know, a veet or, or nair the hair off my back every now and then whenever right. I travel. <laughs> I was at a place. My friend got his shoulders and back waxed way before like 40 year old, virgin. 40 year old virgin. And so when that scene came on, I was just crying because like, I've been there. I've been that guy totally. going, no, oh my God, that looks terrible. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. painful. I did it once and I was like, never again. Yeah. That seems rough. <laughs> um, so are you an only child? No, I have a sister. She's a year and a half older than me. So she was born in 73. I'm in 74. So almost Irish twins, but not really. Yeah. I was going to like a lot of kids with that age difference. They're freaking fracking everywhere. Totally. You guys totally that way growing up as kids. Like we, we fought like crazy people our whole lives. Then when we got older in our twenties, probably our late teens. So when she was in college and I, like when we got a little older, it like worked itself out. Oh. And so we were fine. And then, you know, life happened and now we don't really talk too much anymore. So she like does her thing and I do my thing. And that's kind of that, <laughs> which is yeah. fine. I, you know, I'm a guy who's like, I don't need those people. I have, you know, my family, my wife, my kids. And, you know, I've got three siblings and they're all girls. How old are they? various I, uh my oldest sister's six years older than me and my stepsister's four and my little sister's 11 years younger than me wow and, yeah my parents divorced when i was six so my younger sister gotcha. a product of my mom and stepdad and uh like it there i had my own childhood because i was a boy so right. i had a lot going on there and then there were such age differences um my How old are you now i'm same age as you. Okay, 40. 47. And so, like, I was just another kind of babysitter, uncle type for my little sister growing up. Yeah. Grow around and stuff. But when I was in high school, yeah, she was way young. And then 
my elder sister, you know, when she goes off to college. And so I was ruled the roost and yeah. it was, uh, then we all went, like, I told my mom, I was like, you raised some independent people. Cause we all just took Did your own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my old sister went to Florida and now she's in Texas. Wow. Uh, my little sister went to Florida for a stretch. Now she's in Vegas, but that's where my mom and stepdad live. I went to New York for a spell and you like, guys just roamed. You were like, yeah, fuck it. Let's just journey. Yeah. I was like, let's see the, the, the countryside. But it's crazy that two of your siblings ended up in Florida, which is yeah, the different place points. on planet earth, right? Yeah, different points <laughs> in their life, but they yeah. don't live there anymore. Good. And good. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think. My brother-in-law moved up the ladder to his job in Florida and they ended up in Texas. And that was they've great. their life. And then my sister went to work an internship at Disney World. And I was awesome. like, you're never coming back. Like, I was like, Florida offers way more than Wyoming ever does. For sure. And she was there a good 15 years or so. And then she came via Laramie, then went to Vegas. And That's wild. So she went back to Laramie for a little bit. Yeah, she was here because I was here, you know. And That's awesome. She needed to get out of that Florida mindset, as I called it. Yeah. And, uh, there was just not some. Do, doing a whole bunch of meth and wrestling crocodiles. Is that? <laughs> I mean, if you like, sorry, Floridians that might listen. But <laughs> anytime go, someone goes, you won't believe what happened. And I go, did it happen in Florida? Florida. And yeah. they're like, yes. And I'm like, no, I will. I do believe yeah. it. Dude, Florida's dope. Yeah. <laughs> it's got rad people. One of my best friends uh, is from Fort Walton Beach, and he just moved back there a few years ago and is having the time of his life. So, so I, yeah, not, I don't always knock it, but crazy stuff happens there. Totally, of course. Yeah. So, and I, I always say, like, if a zombie apocalypse starts, it starts in Florida. That 100%. Is- well, that's where the first uh, 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 bath salt person was, yes. right? In Florida. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, here we go. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> good old Florida. We're yeah, back. Florida. Yeah. And so, like growing up uh, out in Hollywood, I'm sure there was lots to get into, but we're, what were the kind of activities you into? Do you play sports? Were you yeah, not- you know, I was a, I was kind of the, I was an athlete, you know, nerd guy. So I kind of fit, I, cause I'm a goofy human being and I'm kind of loud and obnoxious and class clown always my whole life, just cause I have a lot to say and don't really have too big of a filter. Um, but I also played sports, you know, I, I played baseball, uh, I played tennis, which I still do. I play softball now. I tried out for the Rockies when they were an wow. expansion team. Um, I did. Uh, I was played volleyball for the University of Wyoming uh, before the ski team. So I was. I played volleyball for a minute and then switched over to skiing there. Um, yeah, I, you know, athlete. I tried football once, but it was. I refused to get hit. It did not feel good, and <laughs> I was not a fan at all. Like um, and the people that didn't want to get hit, I like hitting them more. Totally. Cause they're the ones that you're like, I'm going to get you. So, and I was definitely way skinnier when I played. So I wasn't, there was a zero and not like I'm intimidating now, but like I was like a little skeleton boy. So yeah, I understand it did not work out. So yeah. So I played sports. I, you know, my, my friends in life now with the exception of three people, I think a couple, like two or three people, my best friends I've known since I was two years old and we grew up together and went to you know preschool together and you know, did all that. So I still have my very close, close best friends from there. And so we would hang out. None of us really got into trouble. We weren't drinkers, smokers. We didn't, you know, do drugs or any of that shit. We were kind of like a weird sect of people because a lot of our friends got into all that shit. Yeah. But we were into our, you know, comic books and movies and, you know, we'd, we'd get like dressed up in our 70s costume and go to 70s clubs and shit. That's awesome. Yeah. So that was fun. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I two parts. Well, are you, are you, you're not, you're, you, 
you're not from Wyoming. No, I grew up a suburb of Portland, Oregon, okay. Gresham, Oregon, um, and moved from there, 100, roughly 100,000 people or so, to Laramie, Wyoming. Total culture shock when I was 13. Totally. So I was not a fan of this place. And now mm-hmm. I live here, but I was not for a long time. Uh, probably till my senior high school where things kind of came into place, varsity right. player, uh, serious girlfriend and such. But I was had such a bitterness that like I didn't I didn't hang out with like the quote unquote popular jock kids. My best friend played bass. We messed around his computer. I didn't drink because I knew athlete athletics was probably my way out. So I was yeah. like, might as well. I wasn't the fastest, strong. Well, I became the strongest. But then uh, well, that was just working out all the time. That was for sure. I wasn't natural. Well, that's where I, that's where I built the, my my first set of muscles and got to 200 pounds was in Wyoming. Yeah, so I was oh. bored, so I was like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna lift weights and go to the gym." Battle happened here. I understand yeah. that one. Yeah, and so, but it totally flips when I got older. I was like, I can't work out like I'm trying to build a strong, huge man anymore. Yeah. I'm trying to be smaller, so got to maintain, baby. Yeah, got to change that workout. And yeah. uh, I had the I had the same experience as you. You know, uh, there's you know. I think only, well, if you were there, uh, you moved when you were 13. Yeah. So I you know, went to college at 18, right? So only five year difference. Yeah. That's why, because you, you met me in my second tour of duty, because I was there from 92 to 95, took two years off and then was there 98, 99. Okay. But when what I first, so. The University of Wyoming, we're going to, I need to ask that question. What that what? The University of Wyoming, how? So I funny. So I'm not, I'm not a, uh, a, what's the word smart person. I'm not, you know, I like what I like. I like entertainment. I didn't do well in school. Like always got shitty grades. Cause I just wasn't interested in, you know, history and math, like all that shit. So it's like, unless I had a tutor, I didn't, you know, do well in these classes. So I applied to USC, didn't get in. And I applied to Boulder and didn't get in. And funny enough, my mom applied and I don't even know how the fuck she found it, but she applied to the university of Wyoming for me. And, uh, because they had a ski team. Right. So I was like, okay, sweet. I'll, I'll do that, which I'm, you know, I'm a good skier, but I'm not a, I never raced. And the people that were on the ski team were all like, you know, Norwegian national people and grew up skiing 300 days, you know, like crazy. I had no business being on the team, but so Wyoming accepted me. And the reason I chose to go to Wyoming was, uh, I was going to go to junior college in LA and junior college was starting two weeks uh, earlier than the University of Wyoming. So my dad's like, well, we should just go check out the school. And I'm like, all right. So we flew in. We, so we flew to Denver and then Denver to Laramie. And if you want to talk about culture shock, yes, I being born and raised and never really, you know, I've traveled places growing up. Like I went to, you know, Japan, New Zealand and Paris growing up. So I've seen, you know, different, but they're all giant cities. Yeah. So you go from, I never really left Los Angeles and I go from a town of, you know, 3 million people and we're flying into Laramie, Wyoming. And I was like, where the fuck is everything? You know, yes. it's like just tiny little with nothing for miles. And you're like, this is weird. And you're on this weird, like Beechcraft 1900 D airliner. That's like, just, you're, you're going to die flying in every five seconds. And uh, we flew in and looked at the town and I was like, this is weird. But then I thought to myself, I'm like, well, I get two extra weeks of vacation. So I was like, fuck it. Let's go to the university of Wyoming. And that's how I literally how I ended up in the school. And for the first, for the first six months, the first semester, I maybe it was only three months, but it was a while. I got called my dad every night crying in my dorm. I'm like, why well, I have no friends. Blah, blah, blah. And then I figured something out. 
no one is from uh no one's from a big city like me right the yeah. only people that are are the athletes yeah. so i'm like the the, the brothers are going to be my friend ah. and so i had these giant fucking speakers and i was like if i play it they will come and sure enough i started playing because you know, i grew up listening to rap and all that stuff yeah. And, yeah. and i started playing whatever the fuck i was playing and you know sure enough there's a knock on my door and it's one theo ratliff and quint higgins <laughs> like what up and i was like what up and they became my my first two friends at the uh, university of wyoming and we you know hung out and had what fun more? i was in a, a mcintyre is that right that's a, that's yeah. one of the doors mcintyre yeah. yeah mcintyre hall that was me i think yeah, i was and I, I had i had the same so funny i had the uh my dorm room was like you know my little castle and i had it all tricked out and it looked dope um and um when i left school and 95 no 19 yeah and then i came back uh, for the first like few months i was in the dorm before i got situated in the house yeah but i got my same room from when i was there two years earlier and all the shit that like i carved into the walls and everything was still there so i was like oh this is rough uh, your second year were you in the dorms i was so i spent my first let me think the first year of school, I was in the dorms. The second year of school, my best friend that I met there, Lynn Bilger, who rest in power, Lynn passed away a few years ago, which is blows my fucking mind. He was a big dude. And, you know, but I, you know, I guess his heart just gave out very sad, but yeah. he and I ended up getting a place together on, uh, was it 10th and something? I don't know. It was right down the street from the school. Yeah. We had this like rad little house and this person that lived below us, his name was Lance. And he had this girlfriend and they would have sex all the time and they lived in the basement and she was very, very loud and it would just like fly right through the vents. And Lynn and I would just sit there and laugh all the time. Funny story. Uh, one day it's middle of winter. Everyone who's watching this or listening obviously knows it's freezing cold in Wyoming. I was walking home from class and all the windows of our house were open. I'm like, what the fuck is Lynn doing? And I, I walk in and neither one of us do drugs. I walk in and he's like, his eyes are bloodshot and he's just fucking like faded on the uh, little rocking chair. I'm like, are you fucking high? And he goes, no, man, Lance downstairs is smoking again. And whenever he would smoke weed, it would just like this fly up through our vents and he got a full blown contact high. Yeah, it was crazy. So yeah, so that was that. And then when I went back, I had a nice townhouse like in another part of, you know, Laramie. Yeah. Because I, okay. I tell this story, um, I, but it was my second year of college, 93. Mm-hmm. And I was in the dorms and I was on the second floor and you would play 90210 <laughs> fucking booming. Like <laughs> but I'd watch, I, was, I was already watching, I was wound up for a year. So I just opened my door. Uh-huh. You know, my TV and it was just, I never popped in to like say, hey, thanks for the, you should have popped in, I dude. I regret it. I was like, but I tell that story and I was like, yeah, that was Tori. Like this guy from Hollywood. I was Logic like, 90210. You know, just, and we all listened to it at the same time, but I watched it. So I had some good stereo sound going on, but yeah. That's right, baby. Yeah. I think it was just, you know, my way of like connecting to home. I mean, even now, cause I'm in Hawaii and I miss my LA more yeah. than anything. Like I'll, you know, I follow every LA thing on Instagram. I, you know, all I do is try and like absorb because I'm not there. Yeah. So and I guess I was doing that, you know, back in the day too. So it kind of, you know, it yeah. works. So it was very, it was interesting. And so um, you, you 
Did you originally, or what was you originally major in? Was it broadcasting when you came? I think it was always broadcasting because okay. they didn't have a film program. So I yeah. took the like a couple writing classes. And I guess in hindsight, I probably should have done theater also, but I didn't really think about that. So I just did broadcast communication. Um, but I didn't have, I didn't do too much my first, you know, 92 to 95, my first couple of years. Yeah. Like I skied and fucked around and, you know, I wasn't really interested in, like, I liked it, but it was kind of like a vacation. So I didn't do well. And I only, I had so few credits after the first two and a half years. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to go. I, like, I broke my back on this, you know, skiing and like, I fucked myself up and I was like, I'm done. I'm going to take a fiver. And so I took two years off and then I went and saw my friend graduate from the university of uh, Oregon. And I was like, I, you know, I think I want to graduate too. And my dad's like, you should go back and get your degree. And I was like, okay. So in 98, I, you know, came back with a vengeance and I was there a year and a half. But I worked straight, you know, I had uh, great grades. I, you know, kicked ass. I, uh, I did, I uh, uh, had like three jobs and I finished, you know, you know, I had 30 hours or units or whatever leaving in 90, uh, 95. And then I did, you know, 90 units in a year and a half. Uh, so I, cause I needed like 120 to graduate. Yeah. And so I just fucking went crazy and, you know, got it done. But I had the best time, the, my second tour of duty, because I had it all dialed and figured out. One of my best friends that I'm still friends with today, F.J. Harmich, uh, you know, hope no one from Wyoming's uh, listening, but I like paid him a few times to write some of my papers and shit because <laughs> I just had no time. I was like Van Wilder, really. It was, yeah. you know, I had it worked out and, you know, luckily, like I had an allowance that I got every month because, you know, this is a spoiled yeah. kid, you know, but I had my jobs too. So I was living like a fat cat because it's not expensive to live. Yeah. At least it wasn't then. I don't know what it is now. I can't imagine it's. Oh, no, it's not. Compared to Hawaii and Los Angeles, I could probably live yes. like a god right now. Well, like, right now, like the housing market, I guess everywhere, but like ours is it's like it houses are selling for way more than they're worth. And are, did you notice during the past year and a half that people started moving to Wyoming? Yeah. I know it's been happening to Texas. Like people just pieced out of LA and were like, yo, we're going to go to fucking Texas and live there. Yeah, if you could get like all they need is inter good internet and you could live. Okay, like, how's your internet there? My internet's sweet in Laramie. Like, but we also like my girlfriend uh owns funeral home. And, That's rad. Uh her we have a she owns a funeral home? Yeah. That's crazy. Is it a family business? No. What? Yeah, she grew up uh one like had a dream, like just wanted to get into funeral business when she was young. Crazy. Oh, so, did that all and she was at the funeral this funeral home for eight years or so and if you don't mind is she is she a gothy no she's like, so bizarre like, that's wild completely like not like everybody thinks oh funeral directors are weird and i've met a few and yes they can be totally she's not i mean she'll probably say yeah i am but she's not in that way like you'd be shocked that she was one but she isn't like yeah. Yeah. You know, one of my, one of my questions I, I often think about, and it's not just me saying that I often, I really do. It's like, there are people, and this is your, your girlfriend fits perfectly yeah. into this. I'm like, who I think medical field, but I'm like, who wants to like look at feet and study feet or even, you know, like gynecologists or how do you, what in your mind is like, this is what I want to look at and, you know, work with my whole life. And I guess it just clicks. And just like your girlfriend who's like, I, funerals are for me like that yeah. everyone's different and it's so rad that that's that's how people keep doing what we're you know what yeah. we love you know it's like i don't know if we love feet and fucking funeral homes but you know we need those things in life yeah and that's uh people just you know gravitate 
magically, I guess. <laughs> I'm sure it's something, well, like, especially in the medical field, I'm sure it's something that clicks while they're doing their general sure. practitioner stuff. And they're like, wow, I, I really seem to be inspired by feet. And yeah, like, I wonder how these, yeah. uh, you get, you learn something and then you want to learn more and then more yeah. and then next thing you know, you're, you know, that's your jam. foot dude. Yeah. <laughs> you have a foot fetish and so, you're on some like subreddit yeah. <laughs> shit. But, I'd be weird. Yeah. I want to know that if any foot doctors out there have foot fetishes. Oh, 100%. There's no universe where at least 80% of them, you know, yeah. <laughs> right. it's one of those things where you just don't bring it home and you're like, no, no, no. I see enough feet in the day. I'm out, but there are the, there are the few. Yeah. But I was like, I could just picture them. They're probably like, uh, they probably just can't get over the like gnarly feet out there. Like the ones, that look, the gnarly ones, they're probably haunted by like, Oh, haunted. Yeah, haunted. They they see some shit. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, the University of Wyoming, you got your broadcasting degree. Um, I learned quickly that it was just setting me up to work in TV and Probably. news. And man, that working in New York just burned me out. Oh, it's right. tiring. If it leads and like in New York, like I wasn't in the number one market, but I was next door. I was in long island which is about yeah. the size of like our market was the size of new orleans so that's huge that many people yeah and so like i tracked down some crazy people and covered some weird stuff and i was just way better at sports like yeah yeah, yeah. that was your thing that was my thing after college and stuff but you were such a quiet guy in school like yeah. when we were in school together you were not this guy yeah. at all I, yeah. when you were like hey i have a podcast i was like what you, you didn't even talk what are you talking about <laughs> it was I don't, it's probably because after I got married and divorced while I was in New York and it was like, I'm going to change to what makes me happy. For Not sure. what I'm like, what makes girls happy? What makes it? I was like, I'm going to be truly me of course. and the personality started popping up it, and then doing radio and stuff like that. It definitely gets pulled out of me. My mom said the same thing. She was like, you're so quiet for a long time. And next thing you know, you're just like, all personality and you stuff. Just, you figured it out. You were like, yeah. this is, this is how I'm happy. I don't need to be quiet. You, you, you were not shy anymore, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You embrace the inner Justin. Yeah. And like, it was weird. I moved back to Laramie and like one of my first assignments, I'm working on a voiceover with the, with the client and, um, the, the director was like, can you just read it? So I read all the stuff and they're like, they don't want anybody else. And I was like, what? Awesome. I don't have that voice. I was like, oh, what, what are you talking about? And then the producer of Wyoming Signatures was like, why don't you do interviews? And I was like, oh, I, I don't know. Like, why don't I? Because I know what happens on the other <laughs> side of the camera. Yeah. So I was easy to direct. And I just brought in things I knew. So like Dave Walsh and football coaches and yeah, yeah. stuff like that. And so it brought sports to a TV show that was fairly dry and with just topical comments uh topical subjects of the state of wyoming wow. so i would do that for a little bit and then that just kind of rolled and rolled and i was like i'll find i'll voice it over i'll be in front of the camera um dude it's awesome you know it's it's because the reason why i you know i think i stuck out and which is why you stick out now is because people in wyoming at least in laramie because you know laramie cheyenne and whatever yeah. other places i've been to but they, everyone's pretty subdued so they're not used to a personality and they're not used to like, you know, outgoing things, you know, people have fun and they do their shit, but 
you know, that's what would help, you know, when you, when you did your, that interview or, you know, you did the voiceover, they're like, Oh shit, this guy is different than what we have. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. It, when, what, like, uh, I also learned from my sisters that got girls like guys that can talk totally. And I was like, I can work that into my, yeah. my thing because <laughs> I heard too many times, like high school and college, man, you're just big and intimidating. I was kind of scared of you. And I was like, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm yeah, yeah, for sure. that person to get to know me. Yeah. I could talk your ear off, but then <laughs> I was like, why not? And then next thing I know, like, it's weird that you'd be standing on street corners and people just come and talk to you. Totally. Like, like what's hey, every, like most girlfriends I've had in my life and wife, they're like, people just gravitate towards you and want to talk to you. And I'm like, I don't know what I do, but sure. I'm awesome. And it's working. I'm like, sure. And it's, <laughs> I'm okay. I'll talk with him for the most part. You know, that's yeah. fine. That's cool. But yeah, I, yeah, I can't put the exact finger on it when the, my personality kind of changed, but I think around, around my divorce, I was like, but it also probably helped that you were in New York too, because yeah. that just is a place of personality. And if you're the quiet, more quiet you are, unless you're like some weird, like, you know, artsy emo person, they like, they gobble you up. So yeah. even if you're not noticing it, it's forcing you to come out of your shell. And like sitting around in like the edit rooms and, and going out and doing news stories like there, I was like a unicorn to them. Like why? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what? what? And like, uh, I remember one of well, our people wouldn't even say Wyoming to me. They all, it's like, it didn't even exist. I'd always get Wisconsin. Hey, Tori, how's the, how's Wisconsin? I'm like, oh, I'm probably pretty good. I'm, I'm in Wyoming. If you need me. Yeah. You know, Colorado. Yeah. You know, Montana. Yeah. I'm right in the middle of that. And uh, yeah, I would get, well, when I moved to New York, it was like not too far out after Matthew Shepard. Yeah. yeah. So when, I remember a couple people were like, Wyoming, huh? You heard of Laramie? And I was like, that's where I'm from. And they were like, and I was like, uh, I don't know if the way it was portrayed is the actual truth uh, to the story. And I was like, and I go, if you honestly look at the pictures that were taken of the actual pin, fence post, if you turn your camera left or right, you got city, you got town, you got, I was just, yeah, yeah. they portrayed Laramie in a different way. And it made it, it more dark. You know, yeah. and a few bad apples or like rednecky. And I was like, it's a university town. It's slight. it is because I mean, when I was going there, when I first in 92, it was, you know, like 10,000 people were in town. And then when school came in, it became oh, yeah. 20,000 people. Yeah. So that was like, it was, you know, a big difference between non-summer oh, yeah. and, you know, regular school year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would hate it as a DJ in the bars because the kids would all leave. But I loved the summers because the kids would all leave. Totally. Like Double-edged sword. Like I get to chill for my university job, chill out. But as a DJ, I want them here all the time. Totally. And, uh, so, yeah. But now I love it. I'm like, you guys can't leave quick enough. Let's I keep go. wanting to go back and I haven't just had, I haven't had an opportunity and I haven't really like pulled the trigger. So I want to, I, every now and then I'll have my friend FJ, who I mentioned earlier, yeah. send me pictures of like all of our old, like uh, I used to be a bouncer at the Buckhorn. Is that still there? Yes. Oh yeah. That's yeah. So I was a bouncer there for a little bit, which is rad. Then I used to work at a uh, Elmer Lovejoy's that a place. Yeah. Yeah. I was still in, there. Yeah. I was the DJ there at 2003 to 2010. That's wild. Standing at the buckhorn and right in the middle of that. But, yeah, they, used to have a, they used to have a hamburger there called the kick-ass burger. And it was so yeah. spicy. And I, you know, I I'd remember. die now if I ate it today. I, they might still have it. Awesome. It was, uh, I forget the woman that old owned it. Is it still the same? Like, 
family and people? I think it was Greg and Karen. I think I don't remember and, the names. Um, Greg, I worked there, and and Greg bought Altitude, which was formerly Bowman's, and for Karen, and then they divorced, and she kept Bowman. Yeah. It was Karen. Yeah, love joys now. I think that's how it happened. Sorry, I don't mean to speak out of turn on those people, but <laughs> I worked. To, I knew Greg. I mean, from working at Love Joys for a long yeah. time. Around. Uh, Dude, and then I was I was also at Blockbuster. Yes, remember that little thing. <laughs> yeah, I worked at Blockbuster in New York because when I was a freelance videographer, I had another job. Yeah, I literally walked in and said, "I don't want to be your manager, assistant manager. <laughs> I just want to work." And I goes, awesome. and I told him, I was like, "I have a degree. I'm I'm going on. I work at News 12 too." And within two weeks, we're like, can you, do you want to be a manager? And I was like, what did I say? <laughs> Listen I to I, my words. I was like, I know what to do. I know how to manage, but I was like, I'll get sidetracked in a blockbuster job, which, hey, they know. Would have ended that. anyways. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I was glad, but it was, it was a great place to meet people and interesting yeah. place by coworkers. Well, that's how I got into production. Okay. Was, I worked at a, so. After college, I didn't do. I did a radio show with my uh, best friend Amit. Uh, we had an internet radio show at a, on a channel called Comedy World. It was way ahead of its time. I mean, more or less was podcasts before that was a thing. And it was all these like A-list comedians and blah 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 blah. And our studios were all uh, trailers, like a trailer park. It was okay. super fucking cool. But I was working at a. My dad was like, "You got to get a like a job, bro." And so I, it was Thanksgiving or about to be Thanksgiving, and I was driving down Sunset and. In West Hollywood, there's Blockbuster, and I'm like, and I'm afraid to start new shit. Like I learn stuff fast, but I don't like I don't like the process of learning. And yeah. then once I get to it, I'm like, oh great. So, but when I I I was like, I'm just gonna go into Blockbuster, and that'll be my job. And so I went in and I got the application, and they're like, are you willing to work holidays? I'm like, sure, I don't care. And then they hired me, and then within a, a month, I was the assistant manager of the store in West Hollywood. Yeah. And then and then uh, a friend of mine that I kind of grew up with, we were our families remember the same tennis club. And I'd see him growing up. He's like, oh, shit, what are you doing here? I'm like, I work here. He's like, do you like it? I'm like, oh, that's all right. He's like, would you ever think about working in production? I was like, yeah, you know, because I've always loved movies. And I knew that that's probably where I was going to end up. And he said, oh, my friend, uh, Mike Palermo, is looking for a, uh, they're looking for a production assistant at MGM Animation. And I was like, okay. So I went and interviewed and they hired me. And that was my first production job. I was a PA at MGM Animation working on like All Dogs Go to Heaven, the TV series and the and RoboCop, the animated series and all these Secret and M2. Those are all like my first like foray into uh, entertainment. And then from there, I just, you know, never left. Well, I, that's, I mean, amazing that you're at a blockbuster working and the hookup comes. And, and Hollywood happens. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember like Jack Black used to come into my store all the time and uh, uh, Wallace Shawn, is that his name? Inconceivable from uh, 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 Princess Bride. He would oh. come into my store. I mean, a ton of people were, but those two were the ones that like stuck out. That's awesome. Like yeah. I got my job in New York through my dad, who's a teacher, not through my stepdad, Mike, who was the guy at University of Wyoming, broadcasting guy, like got me started in broadcasting. Mike Brown? Mike McElroy. Oh, Oh, shit. I think I do. I remember that name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You had him for yeah, yeah. classes. I was a yeah, teacher yeah. Your production class. Did Mike? That was your stepdad. Yeah. Is he? Is he still with us? Yeah. Oh, okay. What? What's? What was the thing on his head? <laughs> what was, is that? Was that a vein that he had? It was like an indentation or something. And Jarrell Haynes and I, who are still yeah. dear friends, we used to always look at it and we're like, "What the fuck is that?" 
I bet his brother probably hit him. I'll have to ask. Tell him I say hi. That's incredible. And like Bob Beck, he's still there or? Yeah, I saw he's not. I mean, we don't have broadcasting more that got canceled like your last year, our last year's. There's no broadcasting university. We have like every once in a while, the theater department will talk about like, oh, can we make a class like with concentration and like acting for TV? Yeah. They everyone's not like you got skills in that area would you i was like sure I find someone to fly me out there to like do a guest lecture thing i'd love to do that that'd uh, be hysterical it, i mean it's interesting how this world and now people are they're trying to build podcasting studios of course you know, I, so one of the things before i left is i helped uh build one of the first internet radio stations uh like things there and i I remember, I don't remember what building it was in, but I, I think I did it for, Bob asked me to do it or, and I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, but like I set up the whole like scenario in some room in whichever building. Nice. And I was like, interesting. Yeah, I, I saw him, Bob from afar, like yesterday, yeah. passing by and everything. That's awesome. Well, I talked to him and he always puts me like a few years older than I am with the students. And I'm like, no, 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 push yeah. it forward. He's like, but you always seem like you're around. I was like, yeah, I get it, but <laughs> I'm the phantom of uh, Larry. Yeah. <laughs> but like with certain, I was like, yeah, I get it, that. But I was like, these were the guys I was with. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, and stuff. So yeah, he would make fun of Jeff Rickett and I. Jeff had the really long hair. And, I can vaguely remember the name. Yeah, and we own the radio station together now. CBJRadio.com is our station, and uh, he lives in Sheridan. I live in Laramie, which is five hours apart, but. We've got uh, a ton of listen. We just won an award for awesome independent music uh, DJ. What was it? Independent music artist, something like that. Uh, radio station of the year. That's awesome. So, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool that. And we met during broadcasting. And he's a huge wrestling fan, like I am. So That's right, you're a big wrestling guy back yeah, in the day. Yeah, and like I was, I, we had classes together, but we never really talked, and. I was living with football players downtown and Jeff lived downtown. I was living with like wall work and stuff. And he just left Jeff's house and he was like, our apartment. And was like, dude, Ricketts watching wrestling. You should go over there. And that was like <laughs> our friendship ever since. And That's awesome. Do a lot of stuff together. So yeah. Uh, I mean, the broadcasting world, I talk to people and I go, you still working in it? And they're like, no, no, not at all. Uh, like me, I, went from like, I got a job here as an assistant producer director after I worked in New York and then became a manager of video conferencing because that was starting to be a huge thing. We built our own network. Uh, we had a bunch of sites connected on the state. Then Zoom came <laughs> in and they got rid of the outreach school, the uh, president did. And my job <laughs> fell into the IT world. So now like I'm involved with like every piece of technology in a classroom. It's a totally like, like what happened? Yeah, I sit around going, wow, this is a job I didn't apply for. I still, I mean, I got eight more years to like have my 25 years in so I could retire for one and two. So I'm like, just don't screw it up. But like, <laughs> I, I miss making video, I miss doing a lot of that stuff. I think sure. I subsidize it with this podcast, which was starting to grow pre pandemic. And I wanted yeah. to just go visit my friends. Hey, you live in Hawaii, I'm coming. We'll hang out. I'll put totally, you on totally. the mic and everything. And then the, the pandemic hit. And I was like, wait, I have this great medium Zoom. We can still do this. So good. Yeah. And so 
that and the radio station kind of kept me in the broadcasting world. It doesn't pay any bills. It's just yeah. keeps my doesn't for now. Yeah, yeah, true. There's always something because you know you could do is you know you have a following. You could reach out to different places in Laramie. You know, car dealers, restaurants, yeah. anything, and be like, "Yo, you want to sponsor the show?" I have thought about. It. I give a free sponsorship every show for my radio station. Like you'll hear <laughs> when you listen to this one in the beginning, and so. Uh, yeah, and maybe it helps. I think it does. Who, who's the free sponsor for this episode? It's, it'll be Cowboy. It'll be not Cowboy, CBJ Radio, our radio. Hey, station. thanks for tuning in to CBJ Radio. I am your blah, 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 Tori Bell. You're listening to Justin Flaskrew. No, my friend. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and I'm still like, I'm trying to goad out all um, people that play music or anything like that. I'm trying to somebody to get to do a uh, theme song and or just riffs dude let me i'm gonna i'm gonna blow your mind right now hold okay. on one second what yes be gone child ah. have you heard of fiverr no dude i'm gonna i'm gonna change your life right now all right if you go to fiverr.com and uh, you know i'm not sponsored by them and i right. fucking really should be because all i do is promote the shit out of them f-i-v-e-r-r.com it's all it's people from every it, it, artistic industries really but like from you know if you want from ads done to commercials to you know, uh, uh, podcast intros uh artwork like whatever it is and they do it for fucking cheap and you can find these uber talented human beings that like can make the raddest shit and i my podcast that i'm you know started doing i haven't uh, put it up yet but i was like i need a fucking theme song went on fiverr and found all these dudes that like we'll make a podcast theme song for you it's like 35 bucks and it's the raddest Oh, nice. you know, theme song you know i told find the people i tell them what i want and boom fiverr do all your work anything you ever need and it's cheap i'm down for that yeah and those those are some production things you learned and so you had that job uh as a yeah as so a- i started so i was at mgm and i was there for three years or something like that and then somehow i i got into commercials and I was always like, do I had a commercial agent and I was, you know, always doing that like acting thing, but I was never like super actor guy, uh, but I was, you know, talented enough. I had a voiceover agent and I'd audition all the time, but I would never book shit and I'd always get callbacks, but I would never book it. And I'm like, this is just stupid. But I was, I somehow got a job doing commercials, like a production assistant and production work is a, in commercials. And then from that somehow, which I just don't remember, I ended up uh, on a movie. Oh, my first movie that I, think i worked on feature film was the first saw oh wow so i were i was a production assistant i was the driver of uh, james wan the writer director and lee wanell who wrote it and starred in it and i was the uh office pa and key set pa and i drove those dudes around and i'm still friends with uh james today who's you know become a you know an okay director you know making every (laughs) fucking horror movie in aquaman yeah but you know we're still homies and uh and then from that, I just became a sought after PA. And it, at some point, and you know, the natural, <laughs> this is, this is like part of my, my flaw in life is, you know, I never like strive to become a producer, right? I always wanted to direct. I kind of secretly wanted to act. And like, those are my jams. I wanted to make movies. Like that was it. But I stayed a production assistant for I was 13 years. Wow. And any other human being would have been, you know, a production supervisor or what I like, you know, the head person. Um, but I was making, I figured out the system and I was making as much money as like a coordinator, which at the time was, I think it was like 1500 bucks a week. 
but I had zero of the responsibility. So I'm like, why do I want to you know, move up? So, but then I did that forever. And then eventually I landed uh, at Roddenberry Entertainment as a producer there. And they're the guys that created Star Trek. And so I was there for eight years. And then uh, uh, three years ago or four years ago, I was like, nothing's happening here. I don't really, I, I need to go do my own stuff. But then before I pulled that trigger, I was hired to develop uh, the new media division of the Barracks, which is uh, like Steve Barra and Eric Costin. They're like two of the biggest skateboarders on planet Earth have like the premier biggest, like, you know, uh, skate park in Los Angeles in the world. I don't fucking know. You could Google, them. go Google the Barracks. Um, and I started their new media division, which was, you know, film, television, games, tech, news reviews, like stuff like that. And then that kind of just fell apart because of like internal shit there. And so I was like, well, I now it's the time for me to start doing my own thing. And then that's what I've been doing since for the past, you know, three years, writing and writing and writing. And then I just uh, put out my, my first novel oh, yeah. uh, just came out. And so I wrote, and I've written like a ton of screenplays and I was developing a screenplay that we were going to shoot. And I had the money right before the pandemic and, you know, uh -huh. January of 2020, I was yep. like, you know, we were about to go and then February happened and that all went away. So it's restarting. It's a fucking gnarly business, but you know, I've been writing, I've been working on a children's book now, but my book spaceship earth is, uh, is out. Well, it's published. It's uh, it's, it's a science fiction book. I had, it's a porn, you know, I'm super into like adult science fiction. No, it's a, uh, it's, it's definitely not Tori esque. <laughs> But it's, uh, I had an idea a million years ago, uh, the idea of, of infinity, right? You think about something that goes on forever. Yeah. And then you think about the actual world that we live in. And then you're like, oh, outer space is infinite. And think about that for a minute. Like, it's fucking weird. That something just, it just goes and goes and there is no yeah. end. That's strange. So I was like, well, there's something there. And then I was like, oh, what if, you know, someone wanted to build a spaceship and just go and see how far it goes. And in time, he knows he'll be gone but there'll be generations upon generations and the ship they build will have to keep growing and growing, you know, to accommodate the populace that'll keep growing and growing. And so the book's about a dude's dream and journey to go into the infinite and see if there's an end. And then everything that happens along the way, which, you know, the, the, the dream of infinity kind of falls away and then it just becomes how to, you know, run a ship that becomes a planet that becomes, you know, everything. So it's, 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 it's a fascinating story. My uh, I will say that, character development isn't my strong suit which is fine the characters are interesting but it's a story i'm a big story guy okay. and the uh, the story is fantastic if i do say so myself but it's good it's a smart it's a smart idea and i'm definitely not smart enough to write the book that i wanted to write but the book that i wrote is as good as it could be so it's a ya book uh you know young adult reader okay. and it's a it's a fun fucking thing i mean you know you should check it out. Everyone should right. check it out. It's a short read. It's like 135 pages. Oh, yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. But it's available on like Amazon and Nook and or whatever, all those wherever ebooks are sold and you can get print to order ones too. So I'm sure you had it looked over by a young adult in your house. My son. Yeah. My son. Uh, I was because he's a huge. So I hate reading. I've yeah. always hated reading. I love comic books. I could read comic books for days. I like to shut off my brain because I write all the time. Oh, and yeah. I have to create worlds and it's tiring. And so I like to just sit there and, you know, have the pictures drawn for me and read the words as opposed to me, you know, ha having to read a novel and then imagine what's happening. 
because my brain is just cuckoo and it just thinks all the time. So uh, my son, thankfully, is like he reads like book after he's read more, not like huge, thick, real books. He's read more in like a year than I have in my whole life. Right. So I was like, I'm going to have him read it had my son read it and he gave me crazy good notes. And one of them was the character development thing, which I fixed a whole bunch of, nice. um, but he gave me invaluable notes. And then I, you know, I gave the book to uh, my friend, one of my best friends, Kevin Shinnick, who wrote uh, the star Wars novel. That was the uh, lead into the last star Wars movie, the oh, whatever wow. like that movie yeah. was called. Um, so he gave me notes and then, you know, I had my uh, friend at uh, and world design their Eisner award-winning, uh, like editors and letterers and you know all comic book stuff, but I had them edit my book, and uh, you know so I had I I've, I've gathered a a wealth of of friends and contacts and things throughout my years that I can always rely on to help me out, and so you know I used them to help make my uh, book and magic happen, and you know so it, it's done. So books out, but we spoke of your son. Uh, he didn't happen by magic. So you have a wife. So how did? So funny is uh, it did happen by magic. Uh, I'm a wizard. <laughs> you know, so I did. You know, I used the dark arts to fucking manifest him. Um, no, so fifteen years ago, I, I met my my lovely wife through a mutual friend. I was working on a movie called Balls of Fury, which was a, a comedy. That's funny. And uh, did you see that one? Oh yeah, it's great. I love it. <laughs> so I was on that, and a uh, I got a call from a friend of mine. Uh, out of the blue because her and her boyfriend were talking about me because they both knew me separately and uh so they're like let's call tori and she called me up and i'm like hey great talking to you uh do you have any hot single friends and so she's like well my friend brooke she's single i'm like is she hot she's like yeah i go is she on myspace that's how old this is uh, yeah and she's like yeah so i looked her up and i'm like yo she's super hot so i fucking you know slid into her dms before they were called dms yeah, and yeah. uh you know wrote her a note she wrote me back and we met and made babies and so then in 07 my son finnegan was born and then seven years later our daughter uh, bailey was born so i have two lovely little munchkins i've been married 15 years this year wow. uh folks we had we, we took a little break during that technical difficulty difficulties and i got a chance to meet bailey she shows That's right artwork uh <laughs> really i like handling like the shading for what seven-year-old yeah like, is I mean, she's, she's using a little tracing, so she's not like the gift, yeah, but I mean, she's figuring it out. I probably didn't think about shading or drawing in until way down the road. I mean, I'm not saying I'm a great artist, but like that, when that came up, I was like, oh yeah, shading. And I was totally. like, oh, I, I, I try to encourage, I try to encourage both the kids to like do, because one of my, my biggest regrets, which isn't a regret because I don't have the talent, but like, I wish I could draw. If I could draw, and I think if you practice enough, I think it happens but I just don't practice enough because I want it to happen immediately. Oh, yeah. And that's, you know, but it's, I love it so much. And so I try and push them to do it, but Bailey, Finnegan's like, yeah, yeah, no, no, I play video games and tennis, but Bailey's really gravitating and she wants to keep drawing. And so I'm like, done, dude, like keep doing it, keep practicing, become a dope artist so we can make comic books together. Yes. <laughs> you got the idea. She'll draw it out. Totally. And I had my, uh, my first comic book came out a couple of years ago too. What's that called? I did a uh, I did a one shot for. Do you remember the movie Equilibrium with uh, Christian Bale and uh, it was a Kurt Wimmer movie. It was kind of like Fahrenheit four fifty one four fifty seven. What's the Fahrenheit one? But it's a poster for it. But I um, yeah. It was, so I I did a, a one shot on that and they did a 
I got to create all these new characters for that universe that were rad. And, uh, you know, that was my first foray into comic. I produced comic books before, oh. but never wrote my own. So that was fun to do. So I'm working on a couple different ones now. I like working. I have a ton of stuff happening. But my children's book, I found an artist on Fiverr. And I have this uh, girl in Vietnam is doing the, the pages. It's awesome. The world get, becomes smaller all the time. Totally. I'm Totally. It's just accessibility. I mean, there's, yeah. you know, these people were out there and they're always out there, but they never had a way for you to find out about them. And now everyone has a voice. Some people shouldn't have a voice, but they do. One. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's fascinating. It really is. So I got one more question before yeah. we wrap all this up. I mean, unless you got, I know you got loads of stories to tell, but maybe we'll have a part two. We could do a part two and then, you know, you could come up with a bunch of shit and I could talk yeah. for days. I'm like you, I could, oh, I could keep talking. Wait, wait, before I ask my last question, I remember you dressing up like the crow and taking pictures on top of Old Maid. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah, yeah. I, I still have those pictures. So for the Halloween one year, and it was like, Brandon Lee's death like fucked me up because I studied wow. Jeet Kune Do with uh, Jerry Poteet, who uh, was one of uh, Bruce Lee's first group of U.S. students. And uh, he did all the stunt choreography and training of Jason Scott Lee for Dragon the Bruce Lee story. And so he wow. was my teacher. And so I kind of had a weird like, you know, six degree of separation. You know, I was two people away from Brandon Lee. You know, it was like yeah. Jerry was my teacher who was taught by Bruce, whose kid was Brandon Lee. So when he died, I was like, oh, this is a fucking bum out. And so yeah. I was all screwed up, but I was like, I'm going to be the crow for Halloween. And my hair was like super long and, yeah. but I, my costume looked super dope. And I remember, uh, you know, doing that whole thing and I looked rad as shit. Yeah. I recall that. And I was like, and like, I think when I tell the 90210 story of you bu busting out the speakers and everything loud, I'm like, and he dressed up like the crow Wait, And I swear, um, all right, now my next last question, cause this will lead into my, the statement beyond that. Yes. So I ask this of all people on the show. How did we meet? I, I, I can't tell you how we met, but I could tell you so vividly. And it's in my head of like me always seeing you and talking to you in the like whatever building it was. I had to be one of the production buildings. Physical sign. Yeah. And I remember always in like, it was a, you know, like the, the, those neon light or the fluorescent lights yeah. and it was like uh, the white hallway, but I remember seeing you and talking to you. And I think you even helped me edit something once I believe, I think I had a project and I asked if you can help me edit it. And you were like, fuck yeah, dude. Even though you didn't say fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. But I, I remember always seeing you. And that's why I remember like you were such a big dude and yeah. you were quiet. And I'm like, huh. And I would remember seeing you outside, like I, you know, walking by whatever building that was. Yeah. But I always remember you like there's a lot of people like so one of the uh, one of the people that you had on your show who and I, I feel horrible that I don't remember anyone's name, but she's yeah. the one that uh, she is like the CEO of whatever now. Mackie. Yes. Yeah. I remember her. I remember her name. Yeah. Right. But I can't completely picture, you know, her face, but I remember the name and I remember her well. And I think you guys were homies. I think or. We, it was, yeah, kind of, but then like, I got, got blurry about that, those years, because I was a little bit older than her when she was coming through broadcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when I went back to Laramie, we had like a ton of like mutual friends. Gotcha, gotcha. So gotcha. we talked broadcasting all the time and I'm like, uh, I kind of remember, but like, 
<laughs> yeah, see, I don't, I don't have an excuse. I just don't because I was horrible. I mean, yeah. I was so disinterested in in meeting people like back, like you know, until I met you know my first friends there. But then, yeah. well, I I just didn't need people to know who I was. So one summer during a uh, uh, front not frontier days, what's the thing? Jubilee days. I it was uh, I was there for the summer in '99, and I was like, or maybe it was '98. It was the summer yeah. of '98, and I was like. I'm going to tell everyone my name is Arthur Curry, which is Aquaman's name. And so I introduced myself to people at Jubilee Days as Arthur Curry. And so whenever the school year started, people would be like, yo, Arthur. And I'd just be walking. They're like, yo, Art. And I'm like, what? And I look and I was like, oh, I think I told that person. <laughs> my name was Arthur Curry. So <laughs> it was our, probably our studio, which is physical science room six. Uh, IT, we currently have control of it. One of my coworkers has an office there. I go by the studio all the time and stand there and go, I grew up here. This is a lot. It's so crazy that it's still it's trippy. Good. Every once in a while, we try to like give it to another department, but nobody. Does it all, does it all look the same? Oh yeah. It, maybe the, well, no, they kind of took out the office work cause I was a studio supervisor. Um, it's the studio part where they got the switchers and everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's more open. Um, oh, wow. But the studio where the cameras are at, there's newer cameras, but it, like the curtains, the light boards, I remember, is yeah. exactly the same. Dang. And yeah, it's so a, you guys did you switch to like robot cameras, or you still have people on the cameras? Uh, when they ran, no, we had people on them. Yeah, okay. we never got to robots, but I mean, they just kind of sit there because the department that ran it kind of went out with the outreach school. UWTV got dissolved, so. Like they're like, well, technology, it's ITs. And so we've been in control of it for a while. And it, it's so crazy that in today's day and age where life really is broadcasting, whether you're making a YouTube channel yeah. or a Twitch thing, like that it would be just gone. It doesn't matter yes. where, what part of the world you're in. Like that is that is future proofing shit. And like, yeah. it's probably something that UW should seriously consider bringing back and putting you in charge of. Agreed. Uh, maybe after my eight years is up in IT, I'll, I'll make a big push for broadcasting again. It's important. I think you should do it before, yeah. you know, eight uh, years. I, I know if any sort of like realistic things came into the works, um, I jump on board to help out or do what yeah. I could. Um, I still got it in my blood and enjoy it and everything. And yeah, there's parts of my job now that I get to touch so much new technology then I, I enjoy that aspect of it, but it like the logging and the fixing that stuff kind of sucks. After that work. sucks. But, That's when you got to get like interns yeah. for. <laughs> yeah, I do. I have like a sweet kick-ass team awesome. of student employees, and I mean those guys are great. And uh, but awesome. it's just, sometimes, yeah, it is a grind. But no, it's not. I could think of worse jobs. I've had worse jobs, so for I, sure. I don't complain too loudly. But let I was me, gonna, let me, yeah. Go ahead. Wait, I gotta ask you real quick, and then you go back to it. What in Laramie? how does Amazon work and what do you do when you want to buy technology? Is it all, do you have a Best Buy there or is it just a Walmart? We have Walmart is about it. If you want to buy in person, um, and Amazon, if you want Amazon, is it like, they don't do same day. It's like a no, couple days. Yeah. At most it's like a day. Oh, like, wow, okay. Den I mean, not at most, but if you ask for that, like Denver's got a good warehouse, Cheyenne's got a good warehouse stuff. Gotcha. Gotcha. So gotcha. we're not that far off, but weather can dictate all that sure. down the drain. So I mean, I, I'm always like, oh, that's going to be here tomorrow. That's pretty fantastic. That's like, awesome. I never think the same day. I see being in Hawaii, it's no good. Like, I'm four yeah. to, like, six days out, no matter what I need. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, but, okay, this is what I was going to talk about. We probably met in our studio, and 
I think I brought up that you blasted 90210 and you're like, oh, you won't believe this story. And you were out to dinner and you saw Tiffany Amber Thiessen and David Austin Green. Probably. I, I don't, I mean, I have, yeah. I have the funniest Tiffany Amber story uh, at some point. So I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm sure I did. Cause I'm not one to, you know, fabricate my you know, yeah. celebrity. Sightings. Oh, I believed you. Cause, Cause they're everywhere. So my Tiffany one, which wasn't that one. Cause it was after college. Yeah. We were at a, uh, we were at a party. Um, my best friend was married to a, you know, celebrity girl and her, uh, she was friends with Tiffany and we were at uh, some like mixer thing where people were trying to meet people. It's like a little, like, you know, dating. I don't fucking know what it was, but it was some yeah. weird party. And my friend, one of my other friends who I won't name uh, was super fucking drunk. And Tiffany went into the restroom to go use the restroom. And he followed her in there just because he needed to use the bathroom. And we're like, what the fuck are you doing? And she's like, what are you doing? And then he ended up like running down the hall and getting like a tree from a planter and like dragged it to her and was like, I'm sorry. And like, <laughs> you know, but that was my, my memorable yeah. <laughs> Tiffany Amber. Yeah. Story. Wow. yeah. yeah. You were like, I, I remember it fondly because I'm a big fan of hers. Me too. Uh, yeah. And you were like, you won't believe this. I was at dinner with my family in Hollywood and sitting there eating and I look up and she's sitting at a table and directly across from Brian Austin Green. They, I think they were probably dating at the time. Yeah, yeah. And and then I was like, yeah. And you're like, yeah, I we're eating. And next thing I look up again and she looks up and smiles. And I was like, now you're just fucking with me. You're clearly just fucking with that one. And no, I think <laughs> I think I va vaguely remember. Yeah. So as you're telling the story, I'm like, I, I think we made eye contact and she yeah. enjoyed the eye contact. Yeah. So it's it's not you know hey it's not beyond I've, I have a, a lovely resume but you know yeah. <laughs> well I mean I knew you were good for it because like you were from Hollywood and then I remember seeing you in the background on the game show with Dweezil and Ahmed oh yeah 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 <laughs> you're like watch this dude watch it. I think you like email me you got to watch this and I was like yeah, I think they, they, they was... episodes next thing I know you were here you were here it was like where's it's, what the show was uh. It was a lip sync show. What the fuck was the, the name of it? It was, it was really funny. It was yeah. just like a, a whatever show that like it's literally every other show on TV now with celebrities. Yeah. But yeah, I was at the, you know, we were at that all the time. And so that's why I met a ton of people during that. Yeah. So, like, oh yeah. He's, he's got some celeb friends, you know? Yeah. Well, that's why I, I dated, uh, uh, I dated Kelly Packard from uh, Baywatch who oh. I met on, on, on wow. its show. <laughs> wow. Um, so yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was those fun time. I had a wild wild life growing up, and uh, you know, we're gonna still pretty fun. Back <laughs> and be like, I have to think of some. Figure out a way for them to bring me back, and I'll you know I yeah. could talk about writing. I could talk about Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, yeah. throw me in that theater department. I'll you know, yuck it up. I bet uh, Bill Downs did there. I wouldn't be shocked. I swear I've seen him not too long ago. I don't, you know, I don't know where he is because I follow, we're friends on Facebook. Yeah. And so he posts like random stuff every now and then. And I'm like, where are you in Laramie? So I think, I think actually, I think maybe they just sold their house there. Oh. Maybe and moved. I don't know. I don't I mean, know. He might be at retirement age. He's yeah. But I want to, I want to yeah. come back, dude. I, it yeah. would trip me out. You know, I'd love to see how the town changed. Oh, like yeah. I across the street from McIntyre used to be that Blimpies, right? You're getting a Jersey Mike, aren't you? Yeah, we are. You're in, you're in for a treat, my friend. I had New York subs. There's no like for me to have. I'm, I'm telling you, Jersey Mike's are 
fucking delicious. All right, all right. I'll give it you, you're, you've won the, the sandwich game. Oh. <laughs> You'll never go to Subway again. Oh, you won't believe how much Laramie's built. Oh, he's left the 99. 90, yeah. Oh, my God. There's so much added to this place. And I think they're about to tear down those dorms soon enough. They're building new ones. Wow. I don't want them to tear down dorms. They're the tallest buildings in Wyoming. So I was like, oh, yeah. landmarks, just can you just renovate the insides? Because kids want suites and stuff. And Really? So, yeah, they want better dorms. So and weird. Stuff. Yeah. So they're building some new ones over kind of where, well, Wild Hall's gone. Yeah. But like. Well, I saw that, that the, the what, what was the the uh but but no what where it's like the little right out next to prixie's pasture where like they had the subway in there and like the information thing what's oh, that building called union yeah the union so, <laughs> student yeah. union i saw that that's been like oh yeah like, this years ago but yeah they redid that they redid the gym right and they have like a new sports facility or something yeah, we got a field house we have yeah athletic i just watched the video of the time lapse of them uh, resurfacing the basketball court oh nice they I keep up with the they rotated how the seats are set up in the arena auditorium. It's a lot cooler now. It's, it's a better idea. Because awesome. then the beginning when they built it, they're like, we're gonna have big old concerts, so we need this big old hole on the side to bring stuff. They never do that kind of stuff. So they're like, let's just change it to make it for basketball and such. So awesome. Yeah, it's uh yeah, it's totally it's a mind trip if you we can make it out here. You'll for sure. I, I would come during the warm months, like no, I want to come during like winter. That's what, like my jam. Yeah. You know, I used to, I used to, I love, I'm a big winter guy. Like I base my whole life on snow and I'm in Hawaii. So yeah, no figure, but like I would volunteer when I worked at Blockbuster, like who wants to, you know, sweep the walk. And I'm like me, cause no one wanted to do it. And I would do it every, and I would, in my neighborhood, I would always like, you know, do everyone's fucking, That's cool. you know, thing. I loved it. It was super fun. So yeah. that is... I'd, I'd come in the winter cause I'm still okay. Wyoming tough. I'll let you tough. snow plow. Yeah. And, I don't need a snow plow. I just need a shovel. I'll give you I both. Done. Once I got the snow pile, it was turned in like an hour and a half of shoveling snow into about a half hour. It's the greatest thing. I'm and sure. I'm sure I'd love it. And, and definitely driveway to get done. Yeah. I don't mind it when it snows. It doesn't phase me. When it drops to that 30 below, that's when I start getting agitated. I, I tell I literally was telling people like a week ago, but I say it all the time and they're like, hey, it's cold. I'm like, dude, in Wyoming, when it would get to like 30 degrees and the sun was shining, everyone's in shorts and t-shirts. Oh yeah. Like it's the weirdest thing. Acclimation. I, I say stuff like, oh man, I wish it would snow. Cause that means it'd warm up. <laughs> like cold weather. I mean, 30 below doesn't produce snow, but 32 yeah. degrees produces snow. It sounds totally. like we need some warmth around here, but uh, yeah, not looking forward to that anytime soon. It's still nice and warm here. So when's it going to get, start getting cold. Does that change? Does climate change? Like up the, yeah, it'll it'll it like looks like this week's but like we got a consistent 80s now we're dropped to 70s next week so you're on the way yeah i wouldn't be surprised i mean our first snows always halloween sucks for kids but yeah generally right around there we'll get a random one maybe in september but the first real kind of snow always comes around halloween <laughs> and um but like i go to football games yeah. So I like the weather and I miss it so much, dude. Yeah. I love that. Like that's, that's like my jam. Wow. Yeah. I'm too, I'm too big city, but well, I like, you know, it's good for a good visit. Come and, yes, <laughs> definitely come and visit. Definitely come visit anytime. I will. Let's figure out how to bring me out there and I'll, I'll come. Anytime. Go on a lecture circuit. Yes. <laughs> yes. We'll figure this out, but I want to be on the show. 
thanks for having me, dude. It was so I'm so I'm so proud of you. You look amazing. I'm so glad that you came out of your shell and you're doing your thing. It's so fucking exciting to me. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that we have technology that you don't have at Lair in, in Wyoming at the University of Wyoming could bring us together, you know, like that's awesome. So I was very, very flattered when you asked me to be on the show. So thank you. Uh, you know, go buy my book. I'll send you a, an image of my book and then you could pop it up and tell people where to go get. I don't give a shit or don't buy it at all. Just know that just listen to Justin's show, watch and listen, do whatever you hang out with him, give him money. How's that sound? I like that. Just for any, you know, so you can go buy, you know, fucking diabetes stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I want to thank Tori for being on the show. I would love for Tori to come back to Wyoming and do a seminar about what he has done in the many worlds of media content and production. Check out his book, Spaceship Earth. You can find it on most uh, book sale sites online. I looked it up on Amazon. It is right there. And folks, there will be another episode with Tori. Maybe I'll go to Hawaii for the next one. I need to head over to Fiverr.com to get a theme song for this show. So on the next show, we hopefully will have a new theme song and such. On to the next episode. 